Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Doses of Darling. This is episode three, part two, internal family systems. To those of you joining for the first time, welcome. My name is Darling Membreño and I'm a licensed professional counselor associate here in Austin, Texas. Last week's episode, I had a colleague of mine, Debbie Seeger, come on and share with us all of the information that we need to know about what internal family systems is. She shared with us a tiny dose of herself and how IFS has helped her on her healing journey. And because she is trained in the modality, she also shared with us a few experiences that some of her clients have had with IFS. This week's episode, we're going to delve a little bit more deeply into how IFS has helped me along the way in my healing journey. But I also wanted to take this time right now to thank those of you who have been watching my videos. Even if you're barely starting to watch my videos now, I'm very grateful to y'all. And if any of this content that I've shared thus far is relevant to y'all in any way or feels relatable to you or you know somebody who would benefit from hearing my story, please don't hesitate to share. If I can help somebody feel not so alone in what their upbringing was, so that they don't feel like they were the only one who experienced similar things to myself or feel not alone on their healing journey also, please share the content with anyone that you think would benefit. I have expressed in almost every single one of my episodes now that I just want to share my light with the world and whatever it is that God wants me to share and whoever it is that God wants me to reach, I will get there through y'all's help. So if you like the content, like my videos and subscribe to the channel. It's only going to get better from here. I have so many other theories in line that we're going to be discussing in the upcoming episodes and I'm so excited for y'all to get to know those theories, maybe inspiring or motivating you to research a little bit more and find therapists that are certified or trained in certain modalities that you think would benefit you along the way in your healing journey. So yeah, I thank y'all, share, like the videos, subscribe to the channel. Remember, I am also on Spotify and Amazon Music and a whole bunch of other streaming services. I, I want to thank y'all and here is Internal Family Systems Part 2. I'm just so happy that Debbie was able to come onto this podcast and share her wealth of knowledge about internal family systems and just, I guess I, I'll get into the doses of me now. And I talked a little bit about how this theory is special to me and it's, it's like a big part of me because that's what helped me start healing the dysfunctional relationship that I grew up in with my mom, that there was mixed messages of, I love you, and then rejection. And so I'd like to preface this, because I did mention also in episode one that I'm not here to make anybody look badly. I fully understand now and have gotten to a point in my healing journey and in my life where I know that my parents are not perfect, right? I harped on that on the first episode. We're all imperfect, beautiful messes. And sometimes some people won't go through their healing journey, but 
understanding their upbringing and what they went through was easier for me as their daughter to realize, okay, they were not equipped with the tools necessary to be parents. I mean, my dad was 19 when I was born for 10 days, because then he turned 20, but he was 20 years old when I came into this life. And my mom was a mere 22 years old. And, you know, they have their own, their own stories and their own upbringings that definitely caused trauma in their lives. And maybe they'll address it one day. Maybe they never will. Maybe they have. Um, So I I do, I want to preface everything that I'm going to share with the message that I am fully aware and accept that my mom was only 22. She did the best. She did what she could with what she had. And with whatever prior knowledge she had from her upbringing, you know, she was parentified as a child being left alone in Mexico while her parents crossed the border to come and work here for a few months. And she was in charge of taking care of the littles in her family. And she must have been a teenager at that point, not allowed to live out her teenage years. And so then having me at 22 and it's just, it's a lot of things that were, that were stacked against her in terms of how she was going to raise me and me being the first child, right? I, I had to deal with the brunt of things. And so a lot of, a lot of the treatment that I received from my mom was a projection of how she felt she was treated in the relationship with my father. There was domestic violence on both ends. There was verbal abuse. There was psychological abuse that I witnessed. And my mom, my mom projected on me all of the pain and struggle that she was going through. It didn't help that I looked a lot like my dad growing up. I still do. Actually, a lot of people are telling me I look more like my mom now, but (laughs) growing up, um, I was a little carbon copy of my father. And I think that that just made her that much more upset. And so her way of disciplining me for not wearing shoes in the house, for watching TV for too long, for um, not listening to or going to her when she called me to do something around the house for her or to get something for her. The way that she would discipline me was very harsh. I would get severely beaten at four, five years old. And I use beating me not loosely. Um, It was more than just a spank on the rear. It was belts to the point of leaving me bruised. It was throwing things at me from far away, whether it was a remote control or a shoe, anything she could find in her anger. It was for not wearing shoes. 
standing me out in the sun barefoot so that I would learn my lesson and keep my shoes on. And at one point it was tying me to a chair and hitting me in the mouth until I bled. And that continued. That continued until I was 12. And I couldn't understand why someone who kept claiming that she loved me would have hurt me in such ways. Um, I've mentioned before that she and I have spoken about this whole part of my life already. And before I went through my healing with internal family systems, she had already asked me for forgiveness, but I think I said it. I wanted to think that I had forgiven her. In Spanish, we say de los dientes para afuera. So that means I forgave, I forgave her verbally, but I didn't actually mean it, is what it means. De los dientes para afuera. From your teeth outwards is what that means. And so I had claimed that I had forgiven her until I started doing this work. <clears throat> so when I recorded this, I did it in a oh, single take and I feel like I missed a few details so that y'all could actually get the gist of how internal family systems helped me out. And um, I wanted to come in at this point because then I'll bring it back together in the other video. But um, I wanted to get started here because these were some hard things to hear and, you know, standing a child on hot cement until the little soles of her feet blistered is definitely not okay and that was something that I went through and endured and um I want to specify the dynamic that she created was that after every time she beat me this badly and saw how terrified I was of her I would start you know obviously I was crying but I was very scared of her and then she realized what she would do and she would start crying and apologize to me and hug me and tell me that she loved me so that's the dynamic of mixed messages that I kept getting from her where she would inflict the pain and then she would turn around and apologize, but then continue to do it. And that's what my child self normalized love to be. And what I have allowed in my romantic relationships and in my friendships, although it's never gotten to physical abuse, thank God. 
the cheating and the emotional abuse definitely was there. The taking advantage of me wanting to give all of my love because all I have wanted my whole life is to receive that love that I missed from my mom and didn't feel like I was getting. I felt abandoned and lonely as that four-year-old little girl who felt like she she couldn't turn to anybody else because her dad was always at work and mom was the only one home so who else would help her and so then as I grew into an adult that was also something else that I carried on with me of I don't ask people for help because who am I going to turn to if the main caregivers and people who I have given my love to have let me down. So I've done everything on my own. I have had the support and love of people, but I've always pushed it to the side because in my, my child self doesn't see it as mom's love. You know, it needed to be that validation. And so this is where now internal family systems comes in. When you walk into the therapy session and your therapist starts asking you about where you feel your sadness and where you feel your anxiety in your body. And then you start discovering and what does your anxiety look like to you? And where does it, where do you feel it in your body? Can you ask it if you can talk to it? All of these lists of questions that you have to go through in order to go inside of yourself and start discovering all of these different little parts that were born inside of you at different times or events that happened in your life. So parts don't necessarily just have to come from trauma. If we go back to Disney Pixar's Um, inside out, then, you know, there's joy, there's disgust, there's sadness, there's anger. Those are just like the basic emotions, right? But there's so much, so many happy things, right? Then there's hope and there's happiness and there's, um, I don't know, so many different positive emotions also that, that are born. But that's where then I deviated in the last video and I didn't explain what happens then when you go into a therapy session in which you start to discover all of these parts and start talking to them. And then they tell you, oh, I've been in your body for this long. And I sometimes they will tell you I came about when this and this happened. Sometimes it's very clear and you don't even have to ask them. You just know. And so, yeah, I wanted to come in here and make this a little stitch so that we could clarify then what's coming ahead. Where then I came upon my sadness and my anger. And those were the first two, along with my anxiety and this other paternal figure, Cloud is what it looked like to me. 
um, <clears throat> that I had discovered in session with this therapist who introduced internal family systems to me. Um, I hadn't gotten as far as I wanted to because then the pandemic hit. And I think I had one more phone session with her before I just stopped. I just stopped. And at that point already, I was already in the program, but I hadn't taken the class with Debbie yet. At the end of 2020, I actually went back home to California for a little bit and I started doing this work with internal family systems. I was running one day around the neighborhood, my mom's house, my mom's neighborhood. I was talking to my anger on that run. And finally, one of my exiles came through. And this exile that came through was the rejection exile. I asked my anger if I could talk to her. And I could just visualize my anger just being like, here she is, like just signaling, signaling to me, she's over there. And in my mind, I approached whatever was behind my anger. And I came upon a cave and saw a little girl sitting on her haunches. So like kneeling and sitting back on her heels, <laughs> crying uncontrollably, just quietly though, just tears streaming down her face and crying, looking down in a dark cave. And I was, I approached her because again, you have a conversation with these parts of you. And this is while I'm running, mind you. I approached her and I asked her, who are you? What's your name? She told me her name was Hope. And that she was my rejection wound. That she was the one always looking for my mom's approval and mom's love. She was the one formed along with my sadness, but deeper wound, because this is being rejected by somebody who loves you. She was the one formed through these beatings, through name calling. My mom was never okay with my skin tone. And I think that speaks volumes to the colorism that exists in Mexico. She used to call me Urraca, which means crow. Because of my dark skin, dark skin tone, I'm I'm one of the darker people in my family. Um, Negra Africana, which literally just means African black girl. Um, she would, she was kind of she was my bully, and so that was that was part of the abuse that I received to the point where I would look at Barbie and cry because I didn't look like her because I thought that's what my mom wanted me to look like. And it didn't matter how I behaved or if I was a good girl or if I was quiet or if I was, there was always going to be a reason to grab that belt and beat me. 
as long as she was miserable with my dad. I don't remember how it stopped or why it stopped, but um, that dysfunctional relationship is what I explained in episode two, that what brought down my self-esteem, brought down my self-worth to accepting mistreatment and rejection and continuous cheating from the long-term relationships that I had. I continued my healing journey and internal family systems was one of the one of the uh, theories that helped me get to this place that I'm at now. Okay, that darling keeps deviating. <laughs> so I'm going to bring in another tiny stitch here just so that we can uh, reiterate what the work of IFS is and how you put it into actual use when it comes time to learning those little parts inside of you that you've discovered. So just... A repetition of what I have already said is that IFS is talking to those parts that you then start to discover in session, but then your work is to figure out how long they've been in your system, what their function is within your system. So like I have my anger and my sadness. My anger is shielding me from getting hurt and feeling pain. And that's what she told me when I asked her. Um, what her function has been in my life since I was 16 years old, seven, I think she's 17, 16 years old. And so she came into my life as soon as I was 16, because then before that I was just operating from my sadness and depression. So then as soon as anger came in, then she became the protector of my sadness and of that little girl hope that I discovered on my run. So that deep wound exile hope is the main one that anger is trying to protect. And so as soon as any red flags go up that seem similar to the treatment that I received from my mom, then anger comes into play and it's like, whoa, 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 you can get hurt again. And then it's up to me whether I'm gonna follow and acknowledge those red flags or not. And so once you ask these parts what their function is, then you ask them, what do you want for me? What would you fear that would happen if you weren't doing your job, right? So I asked my sadness that, I asked my anger that, and I got the responses. And then they tell you or they give you these answers. And I, you know, they tell you because it goes back to the principle, right, of, of saying we have all the answers within ourselves. So again, just to reiterate, this is just a different play on other theories that have already told us like you have the answers within yourself. You just have to search deep within. This theory makes it simple, at least for me, in my opinion. I think it makes it more simple for us to to compartmentalize and then have that conversation as if we were having it with another person. So essentially, we tell ourselves the answers that we need to hear in order to progress in our healing process and then we start giving those parts a new job. We don't want to get rid of them. Remember, as soon as they come to us and they allow us to talk to us or allow us to talk to them, 
then we figure out all of these things. And then if possible, along our healing journey, we give them a new job or we ask them to then not flood us or not blend with our self with a capital S. And sometimes when you ask what, when you give them a new job, sometimes they don't want a new job. Sometimes all they need is acknowledgement. So ask them, okay, if you don't need a new job for me, what is it that you need from me? Sometimes they just need to be acknowledged. Sometimes they need our validation. Sometimes they just need to be told and reminded that they're loved or to be thanked for the job that they've been doing in our bodies or our minds for such a long time of protecting essentially. So our job is then to reparent these parts and give them the validation, the love, the acknowledgement and uplifting words that they've needed to hear all along and haven't gotten externally, but they haven't gotten them from us either. So we then take it upon ourselves to turn that energy inwards, reparent these parts of us, love ourselves first, and then we can in turn give that love to other people. And then it makes it easier for us to realize who these people are that we can give our love to, or we can give our love with boundaries. And that's the beautiful part of healing all of these things. So you all have the capability of discovering these deep wounds and these parts within y'all to start the healing process which will lead you to finding self, which will lead you to loving yourself and all of those parts and emotions within us that sometimes we don't know are there, that sometimes we reject because there it's filled with shame that we allowed ourselves to be treated in such ways when we shouldn't even be ashamed for giving love and for wanting to help, for wanting the best for people, that's not some shame that we need to carry. That's shame that those people need to carry for having taken advantage of us wanting to give of ourselves. And so when we carry that shame, we don't, we don't acknowledge those different parts within us or it's hard for us to acknowledge and it's very, it is a very painful process when you start seeing all of these different parts pop up. You cry a lot. I've cried a lot in accepting these little parts of me initially that I was like, no, no, they, I'm okay. I'm fine by myself. But then these little parts come and you start treating them the way that you've always wanted to be treated your whole life. And And that emanates. Once you've done that work, it emanates. And yes, we may attract some broken people here and there, but for the most part, we continue to attract people that really need to be in our lives and do appreciate all of the healing. Recognizing these parts helps us all stop living in autopilot. The self being in autopilot while then we allow these other emotions to drive us.
We need to be as our core selves or self with a capital S. We need to be the drivers of your car or your boat or whatever vessel vehicle you of your choice. Everyone else needs to be in the back. As soon as everyone else is in the back, we are in full control. All of that is given back to us. That whole control is given back to us and we start seeing life in a new light and we're not so bitter about what happened to us in the past and we start seeing things in a different way and and moving about life in that way because we've been given that control back. And so that's that's the work of IFS and I'm going to give you all just a gist in the following clip of what these little parts look like. It's a lot and it can be cringe for some to see all of these little things, but all of these discoveries within us are such a beautiful thing to see and all of these parts that I've drawn have evolved now. So maybe the drawings look different now. I may have to go back and resketch them to see if they've changed after I do another IFS session. I mean, I just did an IFS session yesterday and I'm recording this on the 21st of May. I know that y'all are not going to get it until the 28th, but I did a whole other IFS session yesterday and I talked to a whole other part that opened up so much more into my internal world and so much more healing that I didn't think was possible. And so every single time that we go through a healing process, it's kind of like a rebirth. And so I encourage y'all, if this theory speaks to you in any way, to research it and to follow through with starting this process of healing, especially us people in the Latino community, we have some trauma, y'all. I know not everybody grew up being beaten the way that I was or, you know, but we have generational trauma that we have to undo and cultural trauma that we have to undo. And so I encourage y'all to see and find all of those little parts within ourselves, make ourselves step away from them a little bit, step back rather so that we can see them before us and understand them in a different light. So here now is going to be the little parts that I drew and what they look like in the moment that I drew them back in like 2020, 2021. And um, yeah, so that's IFS, y'all. That's how you apply it. And that's how you heal from it. Um, I'd like to share with y'all what these little parts of me look like. I hope it's helpful for y'all to see a visual, just see, see how I was able to start healing those things. And so, um, I'm going to share my screen. Um, this is my sadness. She was the first one that I encountered. She's just a silhouette. I can't see her face. I can't see any features. I just know she's four. She's been in my body, in my mind, since I was four. And then I connected. It's because my mom beat me starting at age four. The one who mo wants mom's approval and dad's presence 
we will get into my dad's role in my life, maybe at a later episode, but IFS specifically helped me with mom. So my anxiety, oof, this one made me cry when I pictured him and even more so when I drew him. He lives in my shoulders and makes me feel very cold. And the fact that he's got clown shoes and a clown nose (laughs) speaks to my shame and my fear of being made to look like a fool the way that my mom's dynamic did the way that my ex-husband's dynamic did and the way that my last relationship did. I was repeatedly hurt and gave so many chances and opportunities and I still looked like a fucking idiot. At least to myself and maybe to any judgmental people that I had in my life. My anger, she real cute. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of her, but she is still very highly present in my life. She's still one of the parts of me that I, I have to do some work with. She and anxiety work together. They like hold hands. She protects sadness and she's the protector of hope. The little girl that I found crying in the cave, who is my exile. Um, angers my warrior, warrior, like fighter, not worrier. She doesn't worry. She acts. Um, she's an anime character. <laughs> and purple is one of my favorite colors. So it makes sense. Notice anxiety is purple too. Um, I think it's because I'm supposed to be royalty at some point. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being silly, but I love purple. <laughs> And it's just a a running theme in my, in even my little parts. She's so beautiful and her eyes are flames because she is always livid and working for justice for me so that I don't have to feel pain or look like a fucking fool. Um, And then here's hope. Here is the exile that I found crying in the cave who is crying for something deeper. And at a certain point I realized it was mom's rejection that she was crying about. She wanted mom's, my mom's approval and validation and the opposite of the words that my mom would give me, right? Instead of calling me an uraka, she could have called me a beautiful work of art. She could have called me beautiful beyond description. She could have called me intelligent. She could have told me that I'm worthy of everything that I want. She could have told me what a blessing I was to have in her life. She could have told me how proud she was of me. But all I heard was criticisms and bullying from my own mom and so that's where this little girl came in from and then my warrior self I never drew Wonder Woman 
because she quickly evolved into this Aztec warrior princess. And I haven't drawn my chill mermaid self now because I just discovered her a couple of days ago, but she's coming. I bet she's coming. At some point, I'll sit down and draw her. But this was my Aztec warrior princess who at some point was that grounded self that would sit at the head of the table and be like, all right, everybody, I know y'all are here. Thank you for being present. Thank you for doing the work that you're doing in me. I see you, but please tap me lightly on the shoulder if anything triggers you to to respond today. This is my process through internal family systems that I'm still doing some work on because there's some other stuff that has surfaced recently. And I'm sure these current parts and maybe even new parts inside of me that I haven't discovered have to deal with. I mean, there's still so much growth to do. And I'm, again, I said, And at the end of my last episode and the post message that I'm just really excited to get to know this woman that I am becoming, have been becoming in the last half a year. And I guess I I don't give myself enough credit for the healing I did before those six months, because I've heard so many people in my life throughout the years tell me how amazing they think I am, how intelligent they think I am how strong they think I am, how confident they think I am, and onwards and onwards and onwards. And I heard those things, but I didn't believe them. Because how could a strong, intelligent, confident, amazing, whatever other adjectives people used, how could that person still choose to stay in a relationship in which She's made to look like a moron. I didn't believe him. I didn't believe anybody. And I didn't believe it about myself. Um, But now I do. And I'm so glad that I do and that I accepted those uplifting words. Because, again, I'm doing so many things that I would never have thought that I would have been doing. Um, Yeah. (laughs) This is IFS. Thank you for allowing me to be vulnerable in this public forum. Let's just continue the healing. And I want to end this with a passage from the Bible that continues that forgiveness extended to my mom and to anybody else who who brought that dysfunction into my life and it's Ephesians 4:2 be patient with each other make allowances for each other's faults because of your love live with love in your hearts and it will be easier to navigate all of our journeys in life. Thank y'all for joining me again. 
I'm going to send y'all every single time light and love and blessings. Y'all take care and I will see you for the next episode of Doses of Darling.